Welcome to the Relate Podcast, where we discover how to do the rest of our lives better by building better relationships. I'm Casey Sunstead, and I'm your host. Today, we are jumping into season three. Now, if you joined us for season two, the me and we, you know that we got curious about our current relational realities. We talked about how to honor ourselves in our friendships. Well, this season, we hope to build on that knowledge and discover some tools to help us navigate the inevitable times when we feel disappointment in our friendships. We're going to call this season, What Do I Really Want? From Disappointment to Deeper Connection. Today, and for all of season three, I'm joined again by Ari. Hi, Ari. Hi, Casey. How was your vacation? It was great. That's awesome. I listened to the podcast with Keith, and it was awesome. Thanks. So we had fun with Keith. It was great having him fill in and yeah. getting that perspective. But we're glad you're back. I'm glad to be back. And today, I want to introduce you to someone I know you are going to love. Relate podcast listeners meet Deb Shirts. Hey, everyone. Hi, Deb. It's good to be here. So Deb and I are coworkers, and we became fast friends. We've only known each other a little over a year. Which is hard to believe. Right, because we dove into the deep end Mm -hmm. in our friendship. And Deb and I actually have taught a workshop together called Difficult Conversations. So I thought Deb would be the perfect person to join us for this season, where we kind of take a look at how we respond when we're disappointed. Because it happens. So true. So before we jump in, um, Deb, whenever we have someone new on the podcast, we just want to hear a little bit about what do we need to know about Deb? What are the basics we need to know if we know Deb shirts? Well, I'm not going to tell my age, but I (laughs) am all about family, friends, and fun. Mm. Um, And more than that, too. But I have a husband who is, uh, his name's Rick, and we've been married for 26 years. Nice. Which tells you I'm older than 26. And <laughs> a little. And then I've got two kids. We have Ellie and Chase, so college and high school students. And we have two dogs, which I do talk about here and there Tex and Rocket. <laughs> Deb is a dog yeah. person. Last night, Tex was sprayed by a skunk. And so oh, this is no. just the reality of nightmare. life in my house. Oh, no. Ari, are you a dog person or a yes. cat person? Okay. I love all animals. Grew up like farm kid, sort of. What? Yeah, I didn't like know this. Horses and goats and all of that good stuff. So I love all animals, especially Texan Rocket. Those are two of my favorite dogs. <laughs> yeah, Ari. Uh, oh, Ari knows Deb's dogs. Oh, yes. He dog yeah. sits for yeah. Texan Rocket. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Mm-hmm. The best naps include Texan Rocket. So That is awesome. Okay. Okay. So if we're voting, you're a dog person more than a cat person, but you're all mm-hmm. animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I know Deb is a dog person. Mm-hmm. I have a dog too, but that's not what the Relate Podcast is about. Maybe we'll have a podcast Yeah, I mean, about, it could be. It may Some, be. Someday. How do you relate with your pets? With your pets. What do your pets That's say about funny. you? Our pets are going to have words for <laughs> the adults in their lives, especially for Rick. Oh, brother. Okay, so we found out Deb is a family woman. She has two dogs. Anything else we need to know, Deb? Yeah, so in my free time, I have this um, hobby I love to organize things and reorganize them. So, and people, I organize them as well. And I would add, since I know you pretty well, Deb is a learner. There, I don't know 
if I know anyone else who likes to learn as much as Deb. This woman reads ferociously <laughs> and then she writes book reports after. I, yeah. No kidding. I do. I like to write down what I learn so that I can remember it. Totally. But it does get kind of geeky because then I go highlight my book reports and then I try to memorize the things so that <laughs> I don't forget them and I can repeat them. And That's it, it's, awesome. It's pretty geeky. I love it. I When it's I grow me. up, I want to be like Deb. <laughs> I shared earlier that Deb and I have taught a workshop together that helps people approach difficult conversations. And there's so much great content in that workshop that we could approach so many topics on this podcast. But this season, we're going to specifically consider what to do when we're experiencing disappointment, specifically in our friendships, and how to have healthy conversations that lead to deeper connection. I think one way we can notice differences in the ways we relate is to look at how we respond when we experience disappointment in our friendships. What comes up for you guys when you are disappointed by a friend? Ari, what do you what do you notice when you're disappointed? When I feel disappointed in a friend, I often try to understand why they may have done something, mm-hmm. but not in the healthy way that it sounds like. I think often I try to put myself in their shoes and um, can often like minimize my own feelings in that um, of saying like, well, they're having a really hard time right now, which is a valid thing, Yeah, but it doesn't give my disappointment room to breathe. So I feel like I jump really quickly to the, okay, why did this happen and how do I feel about it or how should I feel about it better yet? Yeah, I almost hear you saying that um, when I'm hearing your response, I hear maybe a, a tad of like explaining away the disappointment right? Um, and giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Which is kind. Right. But maybe kinder to them than it is yeah. to Ari. Yeah. And this, this kind of calls back to some things that we've talked about in the past of yeah. the building frustration of not, like I said, having my having space for my emotions or my feelings about a situation um not having room to breathe and not having room to kind of come out and be heard so it kind of just gets stuffed down and down um so i do think it's good to give people benefit of the doubt but yeah it definitely feels like when it comes to disappointment in my friendships i I kind of sacrifice one thing for the other Mm -hmm. and that can often leave me feeling frustrated Yeah, that makes sense. And as we talk about disappointment in this context, we are talking about maybe being disappointed with the way somebody responded to us. But we might also just be talking about our expectations, right? Right. It might not be like they didn't behave well as much as it's like, oh, I went in with some expectations, right? Because for me, I think that's that's what I think of when I think about Hmm. me experiencing disappointment in friendships. I tend to... um, intellectualize and explain away. So I'll I'll work really hard to understand why it happened. And I don't know that that really gets me anywhere, but that's my first response is like, okay, to like analyze and understand. That's interesting. I'm kind of like you, Ari. I minimize, but I'm different in that I minimize and just tell myself this shouldn't be a big deal. This, mm. I don't, I shouldn't bring this up. This is a small thing. So that doesn't get me very far either, 
because sometimes things may be little things, but maybe they're big to me. Mm. That's a great distinction. As you said, maybe it shouldn't be a big thing. I think that is true sometimes. Sometimes sure. there's you can notice some disappointment and just go like, it's okay, we're moving on. Right. You don't want to, we are not inviting our listeners to have a difficult conversation every time they experience disappointment. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But maybe just to start to notice when you feel disappointment in your relationships. And for me, when does the disappointment stick? Because sometimes I can think that's not a big deal and let it go. But if it sticks, then I usually need to do something with that. Yeah. So Deb, can you tell us about when we do feel disappointed in in friendships? Is that a big red flag that needs our attention? Or how do we navigate when when we start to pay attention, we start to notice disappointment in our friendships? First of all, it helps me just to realize that disappointment is normal. With any quality relationship, we're going to have times where we're disappointed. Um, And we go, we all come into relationships really with our own lens of what we hope for and what we expect out of the friendship. So along the way, we will feel disappointed when maybe our reality doesn't match up to those hopes. We've talked a lot about expectations as we've navigated past episodes of the podcast. It's so good to also take a look at your side of the equation yeah, and what you are experiencing. And it makes me think about um, there's lots of different kinds of relationships. And if somebody, if I'm in a relationship that feels like I'm being mentored, I'm going to go into that with different expectations than if it feels like we're um, beside each other friends. Yes, and we all have expectations in relationships, and unfortunately, our expectations sometimes don't match our reality, right? Yes. And when that happens, we have a gap, and in that gap, we experience disappointment or an extreme situation, some pain. And how we navigate and manage the gap is key because it'll either widen or shrink um, the disappointment and tension in our relationships. That's a really helpful way to think about it. Like I can picture me walking in with expectations and then what is actually happening when those don't match. Yeah, I want that to get a smaller difference on a, t- on a spectrum. Right. And unfortunately, sometimes we widen the gap and make things worse, maybe by overreacting or maybe by underreacting and doing nothing when mm. we really did need to give some attention to that disappointment. Deb, do you think some people are hesitant to talk about their disappointment with their friends? Like I hear you saying um, both you guys shared, Ari and Deb, about minimizing. I think I do that too. Like it's not a big deal. I feel disappointment, but and then I explain it away. Right. So um, why do you think people are hesitant to talk about their disappointment with the person they're experiencing it with? I was thinking about this. Um, I'm not sure why my mind jumped here, but. Sometimes I wish that my friendships were almost like a business contract or like a job description. Okay. And hear me out. Yes. Say more, say more. Yes. So my mind jumped to this idea that when you're working a job, like I worked as a barista at Starbucks for a long time and I had a very clear job description. I had a very clear, you know, set of responsibilities. And when I didn't meet those responsibilities, the manager could point to it and say, Hey, Mm -hmm. like 
I've not that my manager is like, I'm so disappointed in you. Like that would have just been kind of overbearing, but to say like, Hey, the expectations that I had are clearly laid out and you know, kind of what the expectations are of you. And I feel like perhaps, and I think this is true for me, people are intimidated or don't want to have difficult conversations about disappointment because we don't have a list of responsibilities in our friendships the same way as we do in our jobs. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to point to something and identify like, oh, my expectation was this. But you didn't even know. But you didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what comes to mind for me. And I, I find that to be true. For me, I get nervous about saying, well, I'm disappointed in this or my expectations were here or here. And for someone to say like, I didn't even know that was an expectation. Right. Kind of. Yeah, that kind of makes me shy towards those conversations. Yeah, I hear um, you brought me there. At first I was like, what? Where is yeah, he where going? going? <laughs> Business. Yeah. That's usually where yeah. most no, things start. No, that makes a lot of sense. You're saying like we don't often have conversations to match up our expectations with friendships because that, that's far too formal or far too. Right. Yeah. And I think there's fear. Like even in what you just described, there's fear of like, do I voice these things? Sometimes we haven't had good experiences with sharing our feelings or yeah. or maybe we lack the skills to, you know, be honest in a relationship in a way that won't trigger or miscommunicate to the other person as well. So I know that I sometimes feel fear and it helps me to think through what I'm going to say and just to spend time with this, this is this worthy of a conversation? Like maybe the outcome could be far better if I just have the courage to have a conversation. Deb, I hear that I've heard us all share that um, sometimes we minimize our own part in the disappointment and we rationalize it away. What are some other ways that people sometimes respond that make them hesitant to talk about their disappointment? Right. Sometimes we actually exaggerate the cost of speaking up. Like I can play the worst case scenario. If I come to Casey with something that hurt my feelings or something that bothered me, she's just going to think I'm ridiculous or she's not going to think our friendship is worth it. Or we can play all kinds of tapes in our heads Hmm. that scare us from just simply having courage to check in with each other. And often things go far better than we would have expected, but we've exaggerated this cost of speaking up. And yeah, so we don't do it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me too, actually. When you say fear, we we go and we play out with our imaginations the worst case scenario. Like she's, you know, gonna... Yeah, fear of abandonment, fear of things not going well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense too. So some of us minimize, some of us exaggerate. Mm-hmm. And those are some of the things that get in the way of us taking our disappointment seriously. So Deb, you're suggesting that we pay attention to the discomfort and address it. I hear you inviting us to at least honor our disappointment. Definitely. And sometimes I can kind of right-size my own disappointment when I just take a moment to acknowledge I'm disappointed here. And what's that about? Sometimes my expectations may not be very realistic. And all it takes is me sitting with them for a second to say, oh gosh, like my friend has moved away or my friend has started homeschooling and maybe she's just not as available. Of course she's not as available. And all of a sudden I might be able to right-size my own disappointment. But then there are times where I do need to have a conversation and just sitting with that disappointment 
and checking in with myself. Am I over? Am I um, expecting too much? Am I not being realistic? And then realizing, you know, I'm still kind of stuck and disappointed. A conversation is a helpful next step or things can get far worse. That's an interesting point you make. Things can get far worse if we don't address it. So it makes me think we were just talking (laughs) Um, last night at dinner. My daughter kept reaching over my plate to grab fries from my plate. Yes. (laughs) That that bothers me. And what bothered me actually wasn't that she was eating my fries as much as for some reason it was like irking me that she was reaching across. And I didn't notice I was getting like more annoyed, more annoyed, more annoyed. And then the Uh first thing I said was like, knock it off. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It reached a boiling point. And that happens so often. It can happen with our disappointment too. And that's where even the little disappointments, it is good to sit with them because what happens is even the little disappointments, if we swallow them and minimize them, but they stick over time. Yeah, we, we can be set up to have a big explosion when all of a sudden we reach a tipping point. I had a friend once who um, we sat down for coffee. She invited me for coffee. And when we sat down, she pulled out a list of like a couple of years of her disappointments. Whoa. And wow. yeah, this has left me yeah a little traumatized. But um, what I realized is she spoke like so many of those things could have been easily corrected in the moment. Mm. But over time, they became a much bigger deal. And then collectively, it felt irrecoverable. And wow. so we don't want to wait too long because let's if we can address things quickly, close to the moment and just right size things with each other, we'll be set up to have a more healthy relationship. I'm so glad you brought that up, Deb, because... Um, you don't have a list, do you? <laughs> <laughs> because I would like to air my list that I have on. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no list. Thank you. Um, I love the concept of keeping short lists when it comes to disappointment. Instead of every time my daughter reached across my plate, it added, <laughs> and she had no idea. She had no idea. And then by the time I could say something, it was way notched up higher than what she had expected right and that's true here too if we can I hear us saying honoring ourselves by by giving our disappointment room but also it's a really kind thing to our friend to say it before it gets a huge list that feels overwhelming it really is and that's one of my things that really builds trust for me in friendships is if I have a friend who just pauses me in the moment and says, hey, can I check in? What you just said, like, I'm afraid I'm going to take that the wrong way. Can you recommunicate? You know, in the moment, if someone will check in with me, oh, I can breathe a sigh of relief in that friendship. I'm not fearing another list coming my way two years from now. So I'd much rather recommunicate in the moment or close to the moment. Yeah. Um, Honoring ourselves, but also honoring them. Really, when we address the disappointment, it is the kind thing to both sides of the equation. Yeah. I've been soaking all of this in, and I think it's really good. And there's a question at the end of this for you, Deb. I like one of the things that you said earlier is um, you talked about the tension of figuring out, is it worth it to communicate a disappointment? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about that in combination with this idea of um, Casey, your kind of bubbling up of every time yeah. they reached across your plate and grabbed fries and the first thing you said was big. I think mm-hmm. that sometimes with my disappointments and 
I imagine this might be true for some of our listeners as well. Mm-hmm. My initial reaction is much bigger than my later reaction when I've had time to sit in my disappointment oh, that's interesting. and vice versa. My initial reaction is smaller than what my later reaction is when I've had time to think about it and kind of place my emotions. So when it comes to giving your disappointment space and figuring out how you feel about something, how do you personally, maybe you personally, Deb, or in general, how do we figure out, is this worthy of having a conversation? Because I think when we look at the equation, the, okay, my disappointment is here Mm -hmm. and I can come to terms with that. And the other side of the equation, I want a better relationship. Yeah. I think we can come to terms with that. The We're calling this series From Disappointment to Deeper Connection. Yeah. How do I determine when my disappointment needs to go to that deeper connection? And how can I bring about that? Yeah. It's a great question. And that takes some discernment in us knowing ourselves a little bit. We don't always get it right. But one thing that I've tried to do is just notice if something is sticking. Like I had a friend Hmm. years ago who was always late when we got together. Another time I've had a friend where I'm always the initiator. Well, after a while, like I can I can explain away. Oh, she was late. Of course, she was at Walgreens or, you know, there was something else. I find if something is sticking, it's time for a conversation so that I can actually honor me and the in the relationship and voice where I'm feeling some discomfort. So with a friend that's always late, I might just say, hey, I know you have a lot going on. I need to let you know, though, that I'm feeling a little bit hurt or devalued when um, we say we're going to meet at 10 and you're never here till 1020. Oh, don't say never, though. Erase, erase. <laughs> don't say never. That's one of the things. Why do you say that? Don't say never. Because never is never true, right? Yeah. Like sometimes mm-hmm. my friend is real honoring of our time and I'm just going to trigger her if I hmm. say you're always or never, you know, using extreme language hmm. is a harsh way to enter a conversation. Right. But just giving some honest like voice to my disappointment before it becomes a big deal. Seems to work better for me. Yeah, hmm. that makes a lot of sense. That's you don't so want to Yeah. You don't want your um to enter into the the conversation about your disappointment, having a blown up version of it. You are never. Yeah. Mm. And often what I, I'll usually intro that kind of conversation with a, with a why, like, Hey, because I value our friendship so much and I want us always to have, you know, open communication. Can I just share something with you that might help us, you know, moving forward to keep things um, healthy and good, just a point of pain that I'm experiencing. Yeah, it's almost like keeping the focus on the deeper connection and not on the disappointment itself. <gasps> Ari, that was so good. Oh, good. <laughs> Say that again, Ari. It's really clear. Keeping the focus of the conversation on the deeper connection and not the disappointment itself. Right. Because it's what we want. Yeah. We want, yeah, we're experiencing some disappointment, but we're here for the deeper connection. I love the way you framed that, Ari, because it keeps us going after what we really want. And and I also appreciated your question to Deb, and that's exactly where we're going to go in the next few episodes. So awesome. join us in the future. We're going to um, give some thought to, okay, 
now I've started to notice disappointment. What do I do? Hmm. And in the Relate podcast, we'd like to leave you with a challenge. And I think that is really the answer to the question, when do we... When do we know when we should speak up and when do we kind of let ourselves explain it away? We're just challenging our listeners and ourselves for in this next week, let's pay attention to our friendships and just take note when we are experiencing disappointment. Perhaps we'll keep a journal and jot down our thoughts about what we experience or why we're experiencing disappointment. See if you learn anything about yourself and the way you relate as you pay attention. Personally, as a relational person, I love hosting the podcast, but it makes it even sweeter when I get to hear how you guys are engaging with our content. So if you notice something this week, would you reach out to us and email us at relate at willowcreek.org and share your story? I would love to hear, have our podcast be even more relational and hear back from our listeners. So we would love to hear that. So thanks, you guys, for helping us have a conversation about just even this first episode just being do I do I notice and do mm-hmm. I honor that and um, as we honor ourselves by paying attention to the disappointment also honoring our friendships by saying I'm going to keep a short account and mm-hmm. I'm not going to let this add up add up add up until I'm really more than disappointed I'm frustrated yeah mm-hmm. it's good thanks If you've joined us before on the Relate podcast, you know we leave you with some reflection and discussion questions at the end of each episode. If you're new here, we invite you to ponder these yourself, but we also think it's much sweeter and richer if you can grab a friend or two and discuss these questions and what you've learned about the way you relate with someone else. Before I jump in the discussion questions, stay tuned till the end of the episode because we have an exciting announcement for you. But first, here are our questions with a little bit of space in between each one for you to reflect. Question one, on a scale from one to 10, would you say it's hard for you to recognize or acknowledge disappointment in your friendships? 10 being it's really hard for me. Question two, do you tend to be someone who minimizes and rationalizes the disappointment you are experiencing? Or do you tend to be someone who exaggerates the cost of addressing it? What influences or experiences have you had that may have helped shape your response? And question three, when you consider addressing any disappointment with a friend, What prevents you from having that conversation? Do you believe that addressing it actually can build trust? Why or why not? Okay, and here, as promised, is our big announcement. We would like to take it one step past emailing and posting online to continue this conversation with you guys. We love to hear from you on those formats. Keep going. But we want to meet you. So you are cordially invited to attend a live recording of the Relate podcast. We're doing it at Willow Creek Church in South Barrington. The fourth and final episode of this season will be recorded as part of a fun Friday night event. Mark your calendars now, Friday, November 15th at 7 p.m. 
grab a friend and come join the conversation live.